everybody. And uh, with that shall, you already know what kind of uh, country we're going to with this episode. And uh, I'm Will, obviously, and I got my mans with me, Dr. Butt. That's right. And I like that you said chow because that means two different things, right? Yes. It means we're going to be chowing down in this episode. You goddamn right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if we can, you know, if that wasn't already a good enough uh, giveaway, uh, maybe I could throw another one your way. And right now I have a lot of fireworks going on around my house and it's very cruel to animals. My dog is really, really <laughs> afraid. And uh, I think it really just goes right into the genre of movies uh, that we're talking about today. And if you haven't already know, uh, it is the uh, the cannibal boom of Italy. That's right. The, the infamous cannibal boom. Mm-hmm. The one that a lot of film collectors are a little scared to touch. Very scared to touch it. A lot, a lot of pussies out there. You know? <laughs> right. Just calling it like it is, man. That's really what it is. Listen, this is probably my... I, as soon as I made this podcast, I was just jumping at the bits to do this episode eventually because right. I fucking love this genre of film. It's everything you want. It's sleazy, gory, fucking, you know, offensive, and it's fun. It's a, adventurous too, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's got a lot to offer, and uh, it's definitely the, I think, one of the hardest genres. Oh, yeah. um, when we talk about exploitation, you know, we can talk about horror. We can talk about spaghetti westerns and we talk about crime films and what what have you right but when you talk about a cannibal movie man and you talk about a good cannibal movie that's uh that's gonna get some some heads turning so uh it's definitely one that i'm kind of been itching to uh talk about as well yeah man it's it's definitely gonna be a fun topic and a fun uh time going through some of these things and you know you're talking about exploitation and uh, with exploitation, there was a genre of film, which is basically was exploitation, but it was more documentary, uh, documentary type feel and was a documentary. Some of them were pseudo documentaries. Other right. ones were real documentaries. And that was the Mondo boom as well, a genre. Absolutely. Yeah. And you have to we have to kind of talk about the Mondo boom. And I think these are movies that, you know, people in the know have watched them. They're aware of them. But there's a demographic of people who aren't really in the know of it. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people might find them boring. I guess given the time period of what we've seen since, you know, the 1960s. Yeah, I guess people could have that, you know, uh, opinion about it. But the Mondo Boom was basically the definitive kind of exploitation uh, genre. I mean, really around that time, um, you know. The 1960s had a lot of, you know, sword and sandal, or as they call them in Italy, they call them the peplums. Uh, These are basically kind of like fantasy movies, you know, featuring Roman or Greek gods, you know, and the heroes of their mythology. Um, And they churned these out. They also had spaghetti westerns um, around this time, which, you know, most of the directors that we talk about with in regards to Italy have done spaghetti westerns. That's how they got their start, either in peplum or spaghetti westerns. You also have in the late 60s, you start seeing the the uh, the Giallo film genre, right? These murder shout out, shout out to Giallo real quick. So I'm drinking uh, some whiskey. That's right, right man. Now. There you go. I'm just drinking beer. I'm not as classy as you, but you have the Giallo genre. And that's another one that, you know, is going to pick up steam in the 70s. But kind of one of the ones that people don't really talk about is the Mondo genre. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it is a documentary style. Uh, Blue Underground 
put out a number of these movies. They actually had a, they actually had a box set, um, and and they were all you're, the modified. Going into deep darky waters, Doctor <laughs> Butt. I am, and that's kind of the waters that I'm going to be treading in today. But uh, <laughs> we're, I think we're both going to be treading in those waters. But yeah, so the, you have the mondo genre. These are documentaries. Uh, really, we can just call them what they are. They're shockumentaries. And that's kind of what they're known as today. The most famous one is Mondo Kanya, and that is from 1962. It's uh, Gualtiero Jacopetti uh, and uh, Paolo Cavara and Franco Prosperi. Yo, real quick, crazy thing about that. I always thought it was called Mondo King because I'm an uncultured asshole. But... Um... I was in the, the, I almost said fucking library's name. People would have known where I lived there. That would have been terrible. I was <laughs> in my uh, my city library, like the biggest library in the city, right? right? And they had VHS tapes. That's where I first saw Taxi Driver and stuff like that. But I read it from that area. And I remember seeing Mondo Kane. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like probably 12 or around that, you know. And I remember renting it just because I was like, wow, this looks fucking crazy, like wacky, you know what I mean? And I was at the at the time I wasn't really impressed because I was young and it was kind of like it was a National Geographic type of right. documentary, you know. And I think that's what a lot of people think when they when they see it. They're like, I don't want to watch that, like, you know. But yeah, it's it, cool, man. I, I mean, looking back on it, it's pretty pretty cool that I saw something like that at the age I did. You know what I mean? And absolutely. What it created too. Right. Well, and you have to you have to put this in context. So Mondo Kanye, it basically means dogish world or dog world. Okay, which uh, I, as I learned, is it, it's a little offensive when you say that in Italian. It's kind of a slightly offensive term that people say. Um, so it means doggish world, and essentially the the premise of the movie is about showing the quote unquote. We're going to be doing a lot of quote unquote today because that's what they're going for. But quote unquote barbaric practices of different parts of the world, right? And they are filmed to basically shock and offend um, the Western audiences, right? And that's that's typically what you're going to see with a lot of these movies as they are filming these things. Um, you know, the opening of Mondo Kanye has a dog getting dragged through the streets, getting kicked and stuff. All these dogs are barking behind a fence at it. And then it gets thrown into the dog pound with all the other dogs. Doggy dog world. Doggy dog world, right? So it is basically, you know, it's showing kind of the the quote unquote barbarism of the world, right? And um, some of the scenes, obviously, as we know, kind of going into it, it are some are staged, some are manipulated, right? Um, one of the most famous scenes to me is the uh, there's a scene where it's, you know it shows all parts of the world. It's going in Asia. It's going in you know it goes in like South America, right? It's going all over the place, and it's showing you know different practices. Some very very offensive. Some that are more comical. But uh, there's one scene in particular where a boy is killed by a shark. It doesn't show the boy getting killed by the shark, but uh, for, as re- as an act of revenge, the uh, the fishermen find the shark. And they put a bunch of toxic sea urchins in his mouth, right? <laughs> and they show it in gratuitous detail. And then they set the shark free to slowly be poisoned and die from these sea urchins, right? So these movies were, were, pretty, were pretty hardcore. And you have to put them in context of the 1960s. You didn't have the internet. Travel at that time 
was something that really only rich people were kind of doing, right? Not not everyone could afford the luxury of flying on a plane and going somewhere, right? So these movies, these are like travelogues. These are documentaries showing you kind of these different parts of the world, right? And some of the practices um, showing you these exotic locales. And the music itself was, you know, it's got our man, Riz Ortolani. He's doing the music for it. He the did best. he did. He did the music for all, pretty much all of the Mondo films that we're going to talk about. Um, and it's kind of interesting. We'll talk about that when we get to Ruggiero Deodato when he does Cannibal Holocaust. He obviously put Riz on there as a reason, as kind of a throwback to those Mondo films. So the Mondo films themselves, though, they, they are very, very influential to the genre um, that we're going to talk about today um, because they set the tone, right? They set the tone of like, you know, there are these groups of people in the world, right? And when you have a Western developed nation that comes in contact with these people, this is what happens. We're shocked and offended, right? Um, some other ones that really stand out, um, there's a sequel to Mondo, Mondo Kanye as well, and Riz Ortolani is the soundtrack to them by the same directors as well. Um, another famous one is Africa Audio, um, which uh, came out in 1966, again, by the same guys. And this one focuses on the end of the colonial era in Africa. So, you know, 1960s is when all like the Western nations started pulling out of Africa and kind of just creating these countries. You start seeing all these crazy civil wars taking place, um, exploitation, civil wars, revolutions. And uh, that's what the footage of Africa Audio deals with. There's a scene that's really tough to watch. It's, sla it's the slaughter of these endangered animals. And there's this elephant just getting speared by this tribe. It's brutal. It's a tough watch. Um, actually, there's a scene in Africa Audio as well where there is a, an execution of a Congolese rebel. They show the execution, this, this soldier getting executed. Um, and the director, Yakupedi, uh, was actually arrested um, on charges of murder because of that because he showed it which is going to kind of which is it kind of foreshadows what's going to happen to Ruggiero Deodato Absolutely. you know so Jacopetti's yeah. arrested he is able to prove himself innocent right um but that's another really tough one Blue Underground put that one out as well um and it's really interesting because a lot of people talked about those movies as being very very racist they're very racist and Prosperi and Cavara and Jacopetti they gave an interview in the 2000s, the early 2000s, and they said, it's not racist. We weren't trying to be racist. We're simply showing, we're stepping in without intruding, right? And he said, it's not that we're racist. It's just that the public was not ready for this kind of truth. And then one last one that I kind of want to mention before we get into the cannibal boom, because this is what's going to influence it, right, is, is goodbye Uncle Tom. It's touching Blue, nerves. It's touching nerves with people because Blue Underground is putting it out on 4K. And um, it came out in 1971, and it basically deals with the antebellum South in the United States. Um, a lot of people say it's a very racist movie. For example, uh, Gene Siskel. Uh, Ebert, Siskel and Ebert hated the movie. Like, they hate all horror movies. And yeah, shocking. Right, shocking, right? I know, you're shocked by that news. But Siskel apparently placed goodbye uncle tom behind last house on the left disturbing and sickest film that's what he called it the most the sickest film that he ever saw he said that goodbye uncle tom came right behind last house on the left so 
that goes to show you right there how that's, how, that's pretty uh that's a harsh statement right there man yeah so and and these movies are not for the faint of heart and i think when we talk about the cannibal movies today they're not for the faint at heart and i don't want people saying you know obviously we made the joke earlier we're saying oh you're a pussy right but i honestly will say that you know if these movies aren't for you then don't watch them don't watch yeah. them don't watch them. That's that's Listen. no one's forcing no one. You know, Deodato's not showing up to your house with a gun to your head, forcing you to watch these movies. I would love that though. Honestly, <laughs> you know what I mean. You can hold a gun awesome. to my head while I'm watching Jungle Holocaust. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, uh, to add on to the Mondo film, if you still don't really get the grip of what a Mondo film is, I can throw in a little American flavor. There you go. Um, and that would be Faces of Death. Exactly. Yeah, a great yeah. example of just an American film that was influenced by the Mondo films. You mm -hmm. have to remember that without the Mondo films, you would not have Faces of Death. You wouldn't have That's the true. cannibal genre. They were that. And it goes right. It goes right into. Uh, I brought it up last episode. It goes right into the Japanese filmmaker. I'm going to screw his name up. So I'm going to try saying it. But the guy that did Orizuko the Embalmer, right. the Wasteland, Junk Films. He's a Mondo filmmaker. He, like you said, he goes in without intruding and just films of what's happening basically right. you know right. yeah and they're not for everyone and yes obviously there is some agenda there's mm -hmm. definitely some cruelty involved in that right but i can separate those things and appreciate it for what it is and i understand you don't want to actually watch an animal be killed but you have to understand you know that getting into these movies and the stuff that we're going to talk about we are westerners we have a different view of animals than Europeans do, than people in Asia do. I'm gonna tell you something, man. When I uh, I went to two main places in the Philippines, Subic Bay, which used to be a US naval base, and then they eventually got rid of it, but it's basically still a US naval base. And I went to Manila. Um, okay. Subic Bay, I'm gonna tell you right now, I used to eat the street meat all the time. Oh yeah. And I ain't talking about the, uh, the working girls, if you know what I mean. But, <laughs> No, but no. So like when you would walk back on the ship, there'd be people there with street meat. And I knew exactly what that was. It was cat or bird or maybe even dog. I'm not even sure. But it was Whatever. fucking good. I used to it was cheap as shit, you know. Whatever's available. And half the time you're helping out like a poor family in that right. area. You're giving them money for whatever they're making. I never got sick from it though, luckily, you know. But Right, right. So into the cannibal boom, this is a movie that I have personally never seen. But I think we can't really start the episode off correctly without bringing it up. And it's actually, I believe it's an American film. It it's is. It's a Western. Yeah. It's called A Man Called a Horse from 1970. Basically what it was is from what I've read about it, I really do have to say it. I kind of kicked myself in the ass for not watching it before this. Um, is a Western where it's a Native American tribe, but they're not cannibals. They're more so they hold a guy hostage Right. And basically make him do the same rituals they do and same practices right. and such. And that goes right into our next step of the cannibal boom. And I know you have a very fond love for this one. I would say it's a fond love. I, I definitely have an, I have an appreciation for it, though. But that is Umberto Lenzi's yeah, Man from Deep River. And the Italian title, if you go with the Italian title, it translates out to The Country of Wild Sex. That's what oh, it translates wow. out to. There's not really a whole lot of sex in the movie. I mean, country of wild sex. The country of wild sex. Yeah, I, no I don't one's have getting fucking ripped off going into that one, <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. 
but it's more we we know it more as sacrifice or man from deep river yeah so this one has uh quite a few big names um that we're going to be known for um the genre you have ivan rasimov and then mimi lay um both are going to be known for their work in italian films and exploitation films um, but another really big name that's connected to this, Ovidio Asinitis. Whoa. Not Asinitis, but Asinitis, baby. <laughs> Asinitis. But yeah, Asinitis. And um, he is the, uh, the Egyptian Greco producer. And uh, he was famously known for other movies like Tentacles, Beyond the Door. Uh, Madhouse, which is one of the best, I think, Italian slashers um, that came out of that era. He was a producer on Man from Deep River and basically said, I want to make uh, a man called Horse, but I want to make it with cannibals. So that's kind of basically when we talk about a man called Horse, we have a man from Deep River. They're both, they're very, very similar from the same fucking guy. Yeah, right. yeah, right? Yeah, same fucking guy. Same fucking uh, dude. <laughs> so, um, interesting kind of story is Ivan Rasimov is a photographer. He's trying to basically take pictures of these underwater animals, right? It's got the exotic music playing um, in the background. It's showing the locale, right? The scenery. And that's what I think is one of the strengths of this movie. It's showing all the animals, all the scenery. And... Um, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're focusing on these tribes. Well, Rasimov basically gets taken. He's warned early on in the movie, don't travel up the river because it's very dangerous. And of course, being a Westerner, he's like, uh, whatever, man. No worries there. I'm, yeah, I, you know, I yeah, yeah. British photographer, I don't need your help. Fuck you, basically. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, right? So he goes up in a wetsuit. So he's, you know, he's a scuba diver because he's taking these pictures while he is captured. And they call him the fish man. They believe he's a fish because he's in the wetsuit, right? So they basically put him through the ringer. I think to people that haven't seen it, it might be a little gratuitous. But to me, having seen some other stuff, it's not as gratuitous as the other cannibal movies. It's more of an adventure movie. It, it is, from what I understand, a man called Horse and Dances with Wolves even, you know what I mean, with Kevin Costner. It's Ivan Rasimov. He basically goes into this tribe and he becomes one of them. They accept him as one of them, and he ends up marrying Mimi Lay, who is the chieftain's daughter, right? They have a child together. There are some nasty animal kills in this movie, and that's what I just want to kind of warn people about. And that's- Tally them up, tally them yeah. up, baby. Yeah, so there are some nasty animal kills in this movie, and I think that is one of the things about this movie is it gets the cannibal genre going. You have more of an adventure movie of this Westerner that's kind of, he goes into this area that's, you know, rather undiscovered, quote unquote. Um, they go through all these crazy rituals. Um, there's like this weird conception ritual. Um, he's accepted into the tribe. There's all these other tribes that they're warring with. So the tribe that he belongs to, they hate the cannibal tribes. And whenever they find the cannibal tribes, they call them savages and they cut their tongues out. And they show it in gratuitous detail. One of the one of the most uh, famous scenes from this movie is Ivan Rasimov gets his head put in a uh, a head trap, 
and he's twirled around in this hut. They just twirl him around, and there are these windows, and they're shooting him with these darts. The nastiest scenes, though, are what's going to kind of set the tone for later cannibal movies, and this is the animal kills. You have a turtle get killed. Um, they don't show the turtle getting killed, but they show the turtle getting thrown out of the water. They have a mongoose fighting a cobra. They had a cock fight as well. Not the cocks that you're thinking of, but, you Whoa. know, yeah, rooster. We'll say a rooster fight. They have a lot of snakes getting chopped up and eaten and stuff. Um, they have a baby goat. When the ba- I believe when the baby's born, there's a baby goat that gets its throat just slashed, which they throw in a group. They, like, pull the head back, and it's like, listen, <laughs> that's a lot more humane than Island of Death. Yeah. Oh, right, right, exactly. They have a monkey head chop scene, which oh, yeah. you see in quite a few later cannibal movies. They have a monkey head chop scene, which they uh, eat the brains, of course, you know, just like we see in Cannibal Ferox and Cannibal Holocaust as well. And then probably the nastiest one is you see a crocodile gets killed in the movie and they, they hold its mouth shut and they stab it through the top of the head to the brain. But the blood coming out is just like these bubbles. It looks like super frothy, like a beer. You know what that reminds me of? Super gross. It reminds me of that old, uh, it was like uh, kind of like creepy crawlers, but it was a fucking skull you could make. Yeah. And it had a frothy head, like brain you could eat. Yes, dude. And that's, and that's what it was like. It was probably, it's probably one of the grossest kills that I've seen, but basically the movie is kind of the first stepping stone in the cannibal genre. It's definitely not up there in nastiness with some of the later cannibal movies that we're going to talk about, but it is an important stepping stone for what's going to become. And Umberto Lenzi held out that I am the creator of the cannibal genre. It's me that did it because I had this movie. The next one I'm introducing here, we're introducing, uh, would be a director that would say, fuck you to Lindsay. And uh, <laughs> that's 1977, Last Cannibal World, a.k.a. what we all know it as, Jungle Holocaust. Yes. And that was Mario Diodato's. Uh, was it his, it was his first cannibal movie out of his cannibal trilogy. Yeah, yeah, his first cannibal one. You have Massimo yeah. Foschi. He's the, he's the main guy in it. Another, another and, famous um, actor. The same, uh, the same actress, right? Uh, plays in Jungle Holocaust. From, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Yep. What's yep. her name again? Mimi Lay. Mimi Lay. Yes. Yeah. She's in it as well. And this one um, is not as exploitative as Cannibal Holocaust, and it's not as exploitative as Cut and Run, in my opinion. I think um, I think it's more exploitative than Man from Deep River. Oh, absolutely. But I, but yeah, I yeah, would yeah. but I would agree with you on the other two. Yeah. It's not as exploitative. I mean, most people that. here hear jungle holocaust and their first thing is cannibal holocaust and they're gonna think it's the same type of movie and it's really not it's not, um no. very very adventure-esque uh think of like um the coolness of romancing the stone in the jungle <laughs> <laughs> right um and just add in some animal cruelty and cannibal tribes and and right. stuff like that it's basically about a uh it's a what's his name massimo foski and then you got ivan rasimov in it as well yeah, he's, he's another yeah. he's and uh basically what happens all hell breaks loose they fucking realize that their people that were supposed to be at the plane uh landing strip are not there they figure out that the cannibal tribe is in the area and from there it they just get separated yeah yeah they get set it's almost like a slasher-esque it it's is kind of yeah. like a slasher movie at first because everyone gets separated and then you know well, that's what i like about it is you start seeing with jungle holocaust you start seeing it taking more of a darker turn mm-hmm. because the music too ubaldi Cantaniello, he does a great job at scoring this movie because the main theme is kind of creepy it's got the theremin but then his music that he plays 
over when the cannibals are watching. You see it from their perspective. You know, they're watching from the trees and stuff. So it has a little bit more of a horror element. You see it start taking more of that direction with this movie. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's uh, very, very horror-esque. Um, For sure, yeah. And it's, it, you know, in a nutshell, you, you can kind of guess what's going to happen, you know? Um, the main character ends up getting abducted. And he eat, like, who the fuck, by the way, eats random mushrooms in the fucking jungle? <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy's, like, all fucking tired. He sees mushrooms. And, like, I don't give a fuck if I'm half dead. I'm not going to eat these mushrooms. But he trips fucking balls. Oh, yeah. Yep, right? Yep puking everywhere it's a fucking wild scene and then you know the cannibal tribe you know oh look who it is sleeping yeah, yeah. on the ground you dumb bastard you dumb american well and they believe he's a bird right so they yes, believe they he's flew. the bird man they put him up in this contraption where they basically make him fly and i love the cinematography of it because it shows it from his perspective it shows him bouncing kind of up and down and they're all cheering and they're like fly fly right yeah. interesting side note is so I watched the interview um, that they did with Massimo Foschi. He said that when he was put up in there, he said, Deodato, he told the natives in the movie to hit Foschi harder. We need it more believable, so hit him harder, right? Well, when they put him up in this contraption, right, they're hitting him and stuff, and then they raise him up. Foschi said that he got 38 stitches from Holy that scene. So that's that's like some crazy filmmaking if you think about Bro, I'd be it. Probably so fucking mad. Oh yeah, he got thirty-eight Son stitches from that scene. Bro, and... I thought you were gonna say like, uh, you know, on a side note, Massimo actually could fly. A lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he still can. <laughs> he's still flying around. Yeah, he's over still there. flying around in that cave. But, but yeah, you know, then they basically hold him hostage. Yes. And they yep. put him in this little nice contraption, and uh, he gets a fucking nice handy from uh Mimi uh, Lay, yeah well she yeah, takes well she takes a nice hand job yeah well she's kind of like she's kind of like how she is in man from deep river right you see a lot of similarities between the two movies um and in man from deep river Mimi Lay basically takes an attraction to Ivan Rasimov in the movie and essentially she takes a little bit of an attraction to uh Massimo as well in this movie and she helps him escape in that one part you know the whole middle of the movie there's no dialogue and yeah. I think that's what's kind of cool about the movie is he starts at a very civilized state, right? And then as he is taken captive, right, he becomes uncivilized. He rapes her in one of the scenes. Yeah, right? the in, most in ridiculous, the yeah. like, the, out of, out of like, as I was watching it, I, you know, when you're always watching a cannibal film, you always think some type of rape is going to happen, probably, down, sure. especially yeah. in the Italian cannibal it's a, film. It's, a che it's one of the checklists, dude. Exactly. One of the things on the checklist. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, wow, like this movie might just be like a straight adventure horror <laughs> film. And all of a sudden he just nope. rapes her in a fucking field. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yes. Yep. So it's a pretty rough scene to watch. It's like out of nowhere. You're not expecting it. Um, yes. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of trigger warnings with this one because you know Deodato is a uh, he's a habitual line stepper. That's what he yep. is. Oh and, yeah. Uh, well, and there's some hard scenes in this, and like kind of going in with the other scene, like where it shows him basically going back to this uh, this primitive state, right? One of the one of the scenes is he you know the tribe members have him surrounded, right? Mm -hmm. And he basically takes the guts from that one guy and he eats it in front of the yes. tribe members, trying to almost like prove himself. He's crying as he's doing it, as he's like eating these guts. And it's and gross as fuck, dude. Like, I, I oh, like, yeah. Oh, it's the nastiest looking fucking like liver. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's, it out, it's just a very bleak, 
it's i think it's you know like we said with man from deep river man from deep river is like the first important stepping stone with the cannibal movies but i believe that jungle holocaust is the one that sets the tone for what cannibal movies are going to look like the, exactly. the cannibal movies that we know and love the jungle holocaust is the one that sets the tone for these are what cannibal movies are going to be. It's very, very bleak. There's a big feeling of desperation throughout the whole movie. You really feel for this guy because this guy is just trying to escape and he does not want to be a part of it. There's some pretty hard scenes too. Like, you know, when that crocodile is killed, that's a fucking nasty scene. That's gross. They like bring it into the cave and they're like carving its skin off and like it's rolling around, like trying to escape. Yeah, it's brutal as shit. They and then there's this, the crocs, man. Yeah. And then there's the scene where like the well, the woman gives birth and throws the baby yes! to the crocodile. Oh my god. Dude, that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. They're like watching her. Yeah, they're like, like cuz he doesn't want to get caught and he's like watching and then she just fucking chucks it and the fucking alligator goes in which <laughs> probably ate the baby. I know. Just fucking yeet this baby to this crocodile, give it a <laughs> meal, dude. Yeah. It's it's a it's a crazy movie and I think, you know, there's a lot going for it. Deodato said that he was inspired by an article from the National Geographic. He said that I got the idea from an article in a National Geographic magazine, which described a tribe of Aboriginal cannibals living in a cave on the island of Mindanao, which is in the Philippines. And he said that it's a very raw and realistic film, that he's very, very fond of it. And that when it came out, it was a record moneymaker throughout the world. And it set a trend, which I agree. I think this one is the one that sets the tone for the those those cannibal movies that are going to come out. They well, just you know get, what the trend is? Nastier. What? You know what the trend is? What, what, what he actually set was fucking Kobe Bryant and fucking babies in the rivers and shit. Like <laughs> Dude, I know. Real quick, I really felt bad for his homeboy, man. He was knowledgeable about the tribes, the jungle, right. and he catches the rawest fucking deal, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, just, yeah. You know what I mean? He has like gangrene, nasty fucking gangrene. And right. just, you know, and yo, but yo, the coolest scene, I loved it, is when they got the cobra and they put the venom on the fucking cobra. Oh, that's, yes. That's what leads to him killing the tribe member and eating his liver because he hits him with that yes. fucking. But yeah. no, seriously, it's a really fucking fun. It's, I mean, as much fun as you can. Yeah. Go with these <laughs> right. Um, very cool adventure horror movie. I it highly is. I, recommend I it. It's on YouTube. You can get it on YouTube. You can get it from was it Code Red again? Scorpion. Same uh, thing I believe. Yeah, I believe Code Red put that one out. Yeah, one of those people put it out on Blu-ray. So you can get it on there. And during this time, this era of Italian films, there is a lot of sex exploitation happening. Yes. And with anything in Italy, when it comes to films. They figure out something's kind of taken off. They're like, yeah, let's let's kind of mix these genres together, see what we can do. And this is money. my personal favorite, one of my personal favorite directors of Italy, of mm -hmm. Italian genre. I know it's yours as well, Doctor Butt. And I'm gonna yeah. let you take this, <laughs> this this sleaze sleaze bag fucking movie away and let you introduce this one. Yeah, and that's Joe D'Amato's Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, 1977. Starring the famous Laura Gemser. I'm getting um, my Luberderm out right now. <laughs> so yeah, you got Mimi Lay in these movies. You got Laura Gemser in these movies. Uh, you got you got a lot of heavy hitters. This one, I, I enjoy this one a lot. Um, it's a great blend of uh, the genres. You have the sexploitation of the Emmanuel films. 
and then you have the cannibal films. I think this is where you start seeing the genre splinter, right? We, if we're if we're looking at like a family tree of cannibal movies, right? We start off in the adventure territory, then we splinter into the exploitation territory with Jungle Holocaust. Now we splinter into even more exploitation territory with the sexploitation slash cannibal film. Oh yeah, and um. Uh, Nico Fidenko did the soundtrack to this one, which shares um, the, the, it shares the soundtrack with Zombie Holocaust, which came out in 1980, which we'll talk about that one as well. Another great genre combination movie. Uh, but yeah, this one's a lot of fun. It's it starts off, you know, of course, Lori Gemser, she's the the famous reporter, Emmanuel, right? And she's going around and she wants to report on these types. Well, what gets her started? And the movie starts right off the fucking bat right off the bat dude the first five minutes of the movie you see a hospital and the nurse runs out of a room and she's got her boob just bitten off yeah. completely and Real that's the fuck yeah and, and that's the opening of the fucking movie and joe damato he's famous for these boob you know these the, a lot of boobs and just a lot of nasty stuff going on in these movies right but what cracks me up the most is so this nurse has her boob bitten off by this patient, right? Who was in contact with one of these tribes and stuff, right? So she had a taste for the flesh, apparently. And uh, she has her boob bitten off. And like when uh, Emmanuel goes back to the news station and she's talking to the uh, her, her boss, the boss is like, hey, you should go to where this tribe is, right? And you should do some reporting. And they're talking about the nurse. And... <laughs> And to make it even sleazier, they say that the nurse was a lesbian and she was asking for it because oh she was abusing, she was sexually abusing this patient that bit her boob off. So Joe D'Amato manages to take a sleazy scene and make it even more sleazy. More sleazy. <laughs> right. She was basically but the, uh, the, they were trying to make her the female version of uh, I'm Chuck and I like the fuck from Kill Bill. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so this nurse we find out has her boob bitten off who we feel bad for. But then we're like, oh, we don't really feel bad for her because she was apparently, quote unquote, a lesbian nurse who was asking for it. And she was abusing this girl. So right off the bat, that's like the first five minutes of the movie. You know what I mean? So, you know, you're in store for something good. Um, you know, you see Laura Gemser walk around naked a lot in this movie, which I'm not going to complain about that. Um, yeah, who would, um, we have a slow motion dick chop off in this movie. Um, pretty fucking gratuitous, which you're going to see in later cannibal movies as well. Um, so we start seeing a lot of these tropes, pop up early a lot of people will say cannibal holocaust cannibal ferox right they always get the spotlight but the movies we're talking about right now are the ones that set the tone they are the ones that set those tropes in place um there's a famous scene where laura gemser is just fucking everyone dude she's fucking her boyfriend <laughs> um gabrielle tinti he's another famous italian uh actor she she's fucking him She's fucking all these other people as well. She fucks a guy like I think under the Brooklyn Bridge or something like that. She's one a loose cannon. Things. Yeah, dude. She's, she's a, fucking. She's fucking. She's an empowered woman. It's because Joe D'Amato just wanted to make a porn movie. I want to make a porn movie, but I also want to make a cannibal movie as well, right? So, there. One of the famous scenes though is where she's fucking her husband or her boyfriend or whatever. And there's that woman who is the daughter, right? When they when she actually goes on site where the tribe is, there's the daughter of uh, one of the people that she's with and the daughter is like watching Laura Gemser at like fuck her boyfriend 
and that chick has the biggest fucking bush on the planet. I actually took a picture <laughs> of it. I'll send it to you later. But the bush is so long that was she's like she's like rubbing herself and like her pubic hair is like coming out at least six inches outside of the, uh, between her fingers. That must so, be painful, dude. She's probably <laughs> pulling her hair the whole time. But of course, you know you can't have out. you can't have an ex you know an Italian exploitation movie without a masturbation scene. Patrick yeah, St- Patrick still lives. You know all these movies they have their famous masturbation scenes. So you have that. You also there was have a, a cool. I, I haven't seen Emmanuel since All You Can Eat week. I, I revisited. Oh, nice. Okay. So I was going to revisit for this one, and I just work fucked me in the ass. Um, but I do remember there's a scene with the cannibals. There's like a wire of some sort. Somebody gets pulled apart with a wire. Yeah, Donald Bryan. Like yeah. You don't see it. It's not gratuitous, but you see the aftermath of it, right? Which I believe they use in Zombie Holocaust. I think they take that and use yeah. it as well. Because Donald yeah. o- Donald O'Brien is in Zombie Holocaust as well. So there's a lot of similarities between two. But yes, a very great scene. I like that scene too. He yeah, gets, definitely gets pulled shit. in half. Um, yeah, it's just a good movie, and it's it's a great kind of like <laughs> just a good movie. It's a good movie. You know, it's a great exploitation movie. Severin put it out, so if you have not, Severin just did their sale. If you have not picked that one up yet, definitely pick that one up. What did you just say? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I forgot. What about the it. fuck? Did you I, for, I forgot that you you had you had your little you had your situation. I don't cover, a man. Buff. I'm busting balls. Yeah, but uh, but uh, so yeah, so there's some great elements to that movie. Um, and uh, it leads a lot into Zombie Holocaust, which I think is you know one that we'll talk about a little later on. Yeah. Um, but a, a great another great stepping stone in the cannibal genre. Absolutely, and there is one last one that I would like to touch on. That's like a stepping stone movie. Sure. And that's 1978 Mountain of the Cannibal God. Sergio Martino, with, that's right. Yes, and with a very well-known actor. Yeah. Ursula Stacey. Andress, man. And Stacy Keach. Stacy right? Keach, right. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Yep, who was in, Um, Stacy Keach was in American History X. He's the main yep. neo-Nazi guy. Ursula right. Andress, though, she was a Bond girl, man. Yeah, she absolutely. Was- yeah, it's a very, very uh, star-studded cast. Well, and it's, and it's and a it's, very well done movie too. Well, and it's I believe it's Martino's only foray into the cannibal genre. Martino, like a lot of these guys, he hopped genres a lot. You know, he did his post-apocalyptic, he did his Giallo, uh, the Giallo films, and um, he stepped into this one. You know, the cannibal, and this is a great one. And there's a famous scene in it that you that you were talking about earlier. All right, I want to be honest with you guys here, and. Uh, this scene, I'm a pretty disgusting human being, right? I could handle most things. I was fucking high as shit. I put this on, right? First time watch, right? First time watch of this one, just for this episode. And I think, you know, Cannibal Holocaust, Ferox, there's really, we'll get into it, really fucked up animal scenes in, that, in them movies. There's a scene in Mountain of the Cannibal God of a, and it's a very natural scene. It happens in nature all the time. And I've seen it in real life because I used to own steaks, constrictors, but it's an anaconda slowly pushing the life out of a monkey. And the monkey's head is in the anaconda's mouth and it's kind of just staring at the camera, like, please help me. And his little hands moving and I was sitting there like, all right, let's get this scene over with, what's going on? And it's so fucking prolonged. Oh yeah, it's it's brutal. Yeah, man, it was terrible. We really put ourselves through the mill for this episode. We did, and that's that's one thing I talked about in my stories, man, it was like, you <laughs> watching a bunch of cannibal movies, man, back to back like this, man, it really just like, if anything, it just desensitizes you to pretty much anything at this point. 
Yeah, it's I had to uh, go kill a homeless person under a bridge <laughs> after I watched all these. Things. I know, dude. But hey, that one is a good one. I I love yeah. Martino. He's one of my favorites from the Italian. very adventure esque. Yeah, just like Jungle. Um, very very well done. Like we said, Bond girl, Stacy Keach. Um, yeah. I definitely recommend that. I also watched that on YouTube. I streamed it on YouTube. Yep. I found it on there. I actually was watching it at work <laughs> on my lunch in my office. Someone walked in. I had to quick pause it. I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? What do you it's, on the, it's on the scene where she's just getting like painted fully naked and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It's it's definitely another stepping stone, you know, kind of for the, the cannibal genre. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting because the movies that we'll talk about, you know, with Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal Ferox, those are the most appreciated ones of the genre, but those were like the later movies. Mm-hmm. That was like when the boom was done, almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was. Uh, there was. There wasn't too many after that. I mean, there. No. Like we can go into. Um, I wouldn't say honorable mentions, just spinoffs and people. And but I know uh, Franco, Jess Franco did a couple. With, he did can- uh, yeah, cannibals. Devil Hunter, right? Devil Hunter, Devil Hunter and cannibals. Hunter. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. He was later on though. Uh, our favorite Bruno Mattei. Oh yeah, made, he's he was doing them in the two thousands, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, he fucking, yeah, let's bring it back. Let's bring yeah. it back. That's We're right. We're bringing it back. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I haven't even seen the Bruno Mattei ones, nor do I really want to. But I'll probably eventually cop yeah. one or fucking watch. Inter, inter. Well, Severin Intervision put those ones out. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and they're and they're decent. Are you trying they're to fun. piss me off? Or? I am. I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to enrage you right now that you couldn't. Yeah. Get well, in. I'm gonna fucking. <laughs> All right. We'll see you at the next convention. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm taking all these fucking movies. Um, but there's a couple very honorable mentions that yes. are a little beaten off the beaten trail of the cannibal boom, right? For sure. And this is a personal favorite. I really fucking love this. I think more people need to watch it. And that is a ca- cannibal apocalypse or cannibal in the streets with our favorite oh, yeah. father figure of the world, John Saxton. Gia- Giovanni Lombardo. And yeah, the whipping boys, yeah, in, the it, whipping boys in it. Yeah. I, I love this one. Antonio, Antonio Margariti did it. Uh, this mm-hmm. one is a classic. Uh, Kino just finally put it out, man, because that movie, I have the DVD of it. I think Image Entertainment put it out. You know, okay. I felt like a thousand fucking years ago, but man, that movie fucking rules. It is so gory. Awesome. And when I went to Georgia, when I saw Fabio Frizi, I actually stopped at some of the cannibal um, apocalypse uh, filming locations. So I went like, you know, the beginning scene, like at the mall and stuff. Yeah. Where yeah. Shootout, stuff. right? With uh, yeah. Giovanni with the shootout. Yep. yep. The big shootout. And then there's the scene that's like downtown. Uh, I went down there as well. It's just, I, and then the house. The house that they're yeah. in, that they live in, I actually drove by that house, um, and I, I, I think I have a picture of it on my Instagram. But I love that movie. Dude. I love it so much because it's it, it reminds you, it gives you that bond when you're in. I was in the I was in the Navy. If no one knows, and it gives you that bond at the end because Saxon basically is like, "Fuck, man! Like these are my homeboys. I gotta right. fucking, you know what yeah, I mean?" V- we, Vietnam vets, Vietnam vets, exactly. And they all like it's almost a buddy movie at one yep. point. You know what I mean? And like I love like um, the the mental institution. The yep. one part of the mental institution, and he starts, you know, get that bitch. He's like screaming and like, oh, dude, it's so fucking good. It's super gory. It's a classic. I do. Yeah, I think so. You got to buy it. I'm not even going to say fucking stream it. Buy the goddamn buy, movie. Yeah, just buy the fucking movie. I think that is one of the classic kind of video nasties. It's oh, yeah, that that ending that like end scene where they're in the sewers. Yeah, fucking amazing. Like 
I, I love I love that cinematic masterpiece. Oh, it is. I think it's I think it's definitely one of the Ita- like we're talking Italian exploitation. Cannibal Apocalypse is up there, dude. That movie fucking rules, and the soundtrack is fucking amazing too. You saying video nasty brings me to one of your personal favorites. Yes, and, and that is, I love the movie as well. What's that? That is Zombie Holocaust. Yeah, Zombie Holocaust, 1980. Marino Girolami. He was a little bit of an old school director. He was really old. He's the dad of Enzo Castellari, and um, he's all he was old when he made this movie. So he was really kind of touching base with, um, you know, a lot of what was cool at the time. But Zombie Holocaust, dude, is another fucking classic to me. Mm. Gory as shit. Donald O'Brien's in that movie. It takes a lot of stuff from uh, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, Joe D'Amato's movie. Again, it's another genre that basically, kind of like Cannibal Apocalypse, it uh, takes that cannibal genre and it kind of spins it, right? So you see zombies plus cannibals in the same movie together. Yeah, it's basically just a big gangbang. That's what it was. Like it was like, how can we bring all these genres together into one? And uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, too, you might know the movie we're talking about. It's also known as Doctor Butcher MD. Doctor Butcher MD. You know what it is, though. You know what I found out. I watched both cuts. I feel like the European is a little bit more plot oriented. It goes a little deeper into the plot, as in the American version, because we're all dumb fucks. We kind yeah. of just get the short dumbbell. <laughs> well, and it's like how we just want violence and what's going to exactly. sell. What's going to yeah. sell? Absolutely, absolutely. And again, I'm going to bring up soundtrack, but Nico Fidenko did the soundtrack for Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. They also use a zombie um, holocaust, which um, you hear that. And I love that theme. That theme to me is probably like, I would say top 10 Italian, like exploitation themes from a horror movie. I love Nico Fidenko's theme from that. It's very, very exotic. Kind of like almost like the Rizzortolani's theme from Cannibal Holocaust, you know? Yes. Very exotic, and it kind of leads you in, and it's just a grotesque movie. Um, great movie. I strongly suggest that one as well. I'll be honest. I got one more that we didn't talk about before this, but, I, I you know, it just popped up. We're talking about Severin, and they put this one out as well. We already talked about the director. We're going to talk about the director in a little bit as well again with one of his other movies, but that's Eaten Alive. Oh, yeah. We, I, I should have brought that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another one. You That's have, more of like a almost like a Jim Jones town cult with yeah. fucking cannibals and one. Well, you have Ivan Rasimov in that one as well. Mm-hmm. He's basically this Jim Jones character. But that one is really fucking sweet. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. I like that one too, and that one also has Mimi Lay as well. So yeah. you have you have Mimi Lay in it. You got Ivan Rasimov, Umberto Lenzi. He did them for money, basically, is that they paid well. And they were they were movies that he didn't really care about too much, but uh, he said they were they were uh, apart from the merit they may have, they were in fact projects made on commission, and shot quote unquote cold as it were purely to make a living. So he was just doing those movies to make a living. But he he actually has a lot of good opinions about Eaten Alive. He goes into detail, which I kind of find funny in this interview. He basically says that people like Leonard Moulton gave it a two and a half stars. And he considers that like a, a big thing. You know, I got two and a half stars. You know, from Leonard, Leonard Moulton. Moulton. Yeah. <laughs> I'd 
I'm fucking excited too, bro. So I'll read, I want to read his little thing before we get into the two big cannibal movies that everyone already talks about. The question that was asked to him, it says that at the beginning of the 1980s, you moved into cannibal territory, a trend created by Ruggiero Deodato. And then Lindsay cuts him off and he basically says, actually, it's quite the opposite. I was the one who invented the genre in 1972. He says it was the very first Italian cannibal movie. And then he says that uh, two years later, the producer suggested I make the sequel and I refused. So Deodato was called in. That's going to be, of course, Jungle Holocaust. So Mm -hmm. Lindsay was originally scheduled to direct that one. He says that Deodato kept the cast of Mimi Lay and Ivan Rasimov, and he made Jungle Holocaust. He did these movies to make money, whereas Deodato actually looks back on these movies and he's like, they were my best works. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to see a difference with that. So let's, let's, let's address the turtle in the room here. <laughs> all right. I'm sure that's going to just piss people off right off the bat and also give you a quick what we're about to get into. So the year is 2005. I'm a sophomore in high school, right? I'm a big horror nerd, right? Before horror was, I guess, the popular thing, right? Now, of course, I was sweating the usual suspects. I loved the Myers, the Freddy Kruegers, but I was also getting into Last House on the Left really hard from, you know, going more into extreme horror, into Italian horror, stuff like that. And um, I remember being on, Borders.com, Borders Books or whatever, they had them lists. And I've said it before in the other episodes, most disturbing movie lists, stuff like that. And I always saw Cannibal Holocaust. And I remember seeing an ad, I believe it was either in Fangoria or it was online somewhere, but it was Cannibal Holocaust DVD collector's edition from Grindhouse releasing. And it's that slip cover that had the fucking dead girl, the beaten face, you know what I mean? The mud everywhere. And I wanted it so fucking bad. I was like, oh my God, man, I got to get this fucking film. It was limited edition, had the numbers yeah. on the back and everything. And I asked my mom and dad for it for Christmas, right? And my mom and dad, they gave me like, you know, movies and music shit like that for Christmas. I would ask for a couple movies or some CDs or whatever. And uh, I threw in a list of just a bunch of shit that I didn't think I was going to get. So Christmas Day comes, right? <laughs> and I run downstairs, right? And I'm like, all right, I'm not like a little kid. I sound like a little kid. I ran downstairs <laughs> in my pajamas. Santa, Santa. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, Santa's a fucking real creep if he did this. But um, I get downstairs and I'm, I'm going through and I think one of the movies was Band Lieutenant as well. I got Band Lieutenant oh, that year. God and, damn. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, I open up Cannibal Holocaust and I'm so fucking stoked, dude. I'm like, holy fuck, I got it. I call my buddy Matt, which I brought up in the in later earlier episode too. I'm like, yo man, I got Cannibal Holocaust, holy shit. And he's like, dude, I gotta fucking watch that movie. So I'm like, I'm watching it right now. So I go upstairs on Christmas Day and I fucking put on Cannibal Holocaust and it starts out and I'm like, this is like the fucking nicest movie ever. The theme starts, Riz, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, God damn, what the fuck is this? And it goes, <laughs> and I already knew a little bit about the film, you know, everyone says it's the, you know, and it is the original found footage type film. Mm-hmm. And um, it just starts getting into the nitty gritty and I'm sitting there like, whoa, what the fuck did I get myself into here? And I remember just there was a couple scenes that really disturbed me at a, as a kid. And it was the rock rape, uh, the, not oh, really yeah, a rape, yeah. it, more of a sacrificial thing that a tribe tribe people do. That seemed really disturbing just because it, it was real like claustrophobic. The mud, she has right. nowhere to go. I, she's in pain. It's just disgusting. I remember being like, fuck, man. And then, fuck, I forget what the goddamn animal's called. Um, was it the... Co- the co- Dakota Mundi? 
Dakota Mundi. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, oh, that one. Story, yep. When I put a, a question up a long time ago, this is for me and Jeff, we're in a podcast together. I said, what's the most disturbing thing you've seen in a film? And he said the Quota Mundi or whatever. I was really drunk. I'm like, the Quado? What, from Total Recall? What the fuck are you talking about, Quado? And I'm like, finally, I'm like, oh, shit, it's Cannibal Holocaust. And a little, but that part fucked me up. And oh, I yeah. used to hunt as a kid, right? So I'm, I was used to seeing, like, you know, I used to hunt wild boar and deer. So I wasn't, like, you know, you know, sensitive to animal violence and stuff like that. But that scene, just I could tell it was so real. It was a real yeah. scene. Like, it was, he was really stabbing and cutting open this fucking little muskrat and i'm like holy fuck well, the way well, the way it's screaming too i think that's oh like the worst God. part of it man. god dude but after it ends it hits me you know and i've always i've always known there's obviously social commentary and political messages right. and stuff like that in horror movies but it hits me at the end and i'm like dude like holy fuck like that was a deep ass movie kind of yeah. like, holy shit brutal man it's super brutal. And I, the one thing I'll say is this about this movie. Um, two things, actually. So Deodato, he was watching the news one day. And he saw how violent the news is and the yeah. stories they were running on the news. And that's where he kind of got the idea to make Cannibal Holocaust. Right. Um, and then the other thing that rolls into the beginning of this podcast is the film that they show, that the, uh, the people that get killed in it, the original documentary they make, is kind of what a Mondo film is. Yeah, and uh, what was the last road to hell or some shit like that? What, yeah, yeah, I forgot what, what it was. was. Called. Yeah, but that's really fucked up. And that was all real footage too. That was that was real Mondo footage. Well, they're showing, I believe, the Nigerian Civil War. I've always have felt like Deodato with Cannibal Holocaust was making a statement about the Mondo films with Cannibal Holocaust. In a way, because, yes, because he has Riz Ortolani as doing the soundtrack, who who did all the music for the Mondo films. But I always feel like that Deodato is kind of making a statement for those kind of old directors like Prosperi and Jacopetti and Kavara, um, basically that they were being exploitation directors. And, and even though they were saying they were filming this or that, you know, they were just like the, the, the filmmakers in Cannibal Holocaust that were staging scenes that were showing these gruesome things taking place and they were filming it in you know in glee almost right so i've always felt like deodato was trying to make a statement about those directors and basically saying that those dudes they made these mondo films in the 60s and 70s and they were the bar they were the barbaric people you know yeah, what i mean the real animals they yeah. were the real animals in society mm -hmm. so i've always felt like that but but then there's something to be said about deodato himself as being exploitative, you know, with this yeah. film as well. And there's a whole lot to read. And that's what I think is so interesting about Cannibal Holocaust is that there's so much involved with the movie that you can talk about this movie. We could dedicate a whole podcast yeah. on Cannibal Holocaust. I mean, there's so much to talk about. And I think that's what, that's what makes it such an important movie in 2021 still to this day um because it's relevant we we can still discuss it and we can is it is it art or is it trash you know what is it post cannibal holocaust in your story or post it on your feed you will get people that will either love it or hate it and and there will be a discussion and that shows the power of this movie post it with your dog in the picture you get a real <laughs> rise no i'm gonna get it i'm gonna i'm gonna go find a turtle in one of these ponds around south carolina and I'm going to post the movie with the turtle, right? 
but yeah, I mean, that I think that's that's what's cool about this movie is that love it or hate it, people will talk about it still to this day, yes. and that shows the power that it still has. And, sh- and shout out to Robert Kerman because not a lot of people know this, but poor Robert Kerman was slinging dick in the seventies. I'm talking <laughs> hardcore he pornography, yeah. and he saw this movie as a way out of hardcore pornography and after it got basically banned everywhere yeah gets arrested he was like never gonna get a job anywhere else as an actor so he went back to slinging dick for hardcore pornography. <laughs> but um it's definitely a movie that has a lot of power and it is effective and i love that joe bob briggs showed it on the last drive-in oh yeah yeah people get pissed off at oh, him? oh yeah dude people were pissed yeah and i and awesome. i think that's yeah and that's awesome because like he said, it's an important movie. You know why it's important? Because it gets you talking about it. It's beautiful trash. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? The next movie we're going to go into, there's no undertones. There's nope. no sneak disses. It's basically, uh, if me and Jeff right now got trashed off of vodka and whiskey and said, let's make a cannibal film as gross as possible, and that's Cannibal Ferox. Oh, yeah. Cannibal Ferox, I've always said it before. It is the nasty, brutish little brother of Cannibal Holocaust. If <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust is the one that makes all the political intelligent statements, Cannibal Ferox is the stupid one that makes no political statements that just wants to offend you. And it does exactly that. It is an offensive movie. There's <laughs> The best way to describe it is like uh, Holocaust is like New York City, Manhattan. And right. fucking Ferox is Florida. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That's literally right. it. Yeah, that that and that's exactly what it is. It's like you have your high art, you know, you're more like border level art house with Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Ferox, man. Lindsay was like, you know what? Let's hang a chick up by her tits on, on hooks. You know Two what I mean? Hooks from the fucking tits, dude. Yeah, you I'm gonna what? tell you one of the scenes in that one that fucks me up is the uh I believe I I've seen it so many times, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Um, I think it was a pig they tied up, and there's the snake coming oh, up yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah. That scene fucks me up bad, dude. Well, and, that, and then there's the whole scene where uh, Giovanni uh, Radice has to like go into the hole with the pig and stab it. Yes, you know, and boy. he hated doing that scene. And the dot in the in the commentary, it's a very famous piece of the commentary. But um, Lindsay basically is telling him like, you know, you were a pussy for not wanting to do this. Arnold Schwarzenegger would have done it. And then Giovanni basically yeah. tells him in the commentary because they're both doing the commentary together at the same time. And Giovanni basically tells him like, Arnold Schwarzenegger would call you a motherfucker basically. Or you know what I mean? Like, fuck you, fuck you, dude. Lindsay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I never listened to the commentary before. Are they actually in the same room? Yeah, they're they're doing. Oh my god, that's yeah. awesome! So you have to watch it. It's on the it's on the Grindhouse release. Maybe uh, I'll do that tonight. It. I don't yeah. know. Do I want to do that tonight? <laughs> Lindsay definitely was just going for broke. He was just trying to make some money off of this, and it is a nasty movie. I mean, they got the they got the dick chop off like they do in Cannibal Holocaust, like they do in the other cannibal movies as well. You know, Manuel and the Last Cannibals. Mm-hmm. They have the famous scene with Giovanni getting his head, top of his head chopped off and his brain. That's a great fucking I love that scene, dude. Brutal as shit. The music, again, of that movie, they use it in Eaten Alive as well. But uh, great, great music in that one. Yeah, just a really nasty, nasty movie. It's not really trying to make any political statements. There's no pandering in it involved. Um, it's just simply trying to offend you and gross you out, and that it does. 
Yes, man. There is a YouTube channel called 42nd St. Pete's Grindhouse Purgatory, right? And it's a guy that used to, I think, I think he ran the, he was a projectionist on 42nd Street. Yeah, he, he, he's actually at Cinema Wasteland a lot. 42nd, oh, really? Awesome. Good 42nd shit, Street Pete is his name. Yes. Yep, yep. And there is a whole part of it, one of his uh, episodes is about Cannibal Ferox. And yep. he said it was the best promotional shit ever. Just because they had to literally, they rented out a fucking bus with the big sign of, you know, banned in this many countries. And it was the cover with, you know, the tribal make men. Make them die slowly. Yeah. Yes. Make them die slowly. And they were driving it around uh, 42nd Street. And people were like, what is that movie? We have to go see that movie, you know? And it's a really cool episode. I think it's like, it's pretty brisk. It's like 20 minutes long, 25 minutes long. It's just an older guy, an older cat yeah. that's been in the culture for a long time. And he's talking about some cool ass memories with that movie. Dude, you, you got to go to Cinema Wasteland because he always is at Cinema Wasteland every year. Yeah. He, does, he shows up at Cinema Wasteland. Yeah, 42nd Street Pete is his name. And uh, he, he's been involved in like the Grand House stuff since like the 70s, man. He, he was there, you know? He's <laughs> like, yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I wish. You know, there's, oh, you know yeah. what, there's, it sounds disgusting. I really don't care. There's a porno theater up the street from my house. It's called the Berlin News Agency, right? <laughs> and I'm talking like it's, it's Seedy. some crazy shit, bro. It goes on glory holes. Like people bring their wives there to have sex with dudes. Crazy shit. And the town like always wants to shut it down, but it's been kind of grandfathered in. And I got into this big debate with somebody online because they were like, oh, we need to shut it down, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, listen, I was like, this is like the last piece of American culture. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, do you know what 42nd Street was? I was like, 42nd Street was like a bunch of these places yeah. that showed horror films and porno films and just real grimy shit. And I said, it's also consenting adults. It's not like it's like a you know right. crazy shit's happening there. They're I said, but it's right. kind of the last breath of Americana. I think we really hit everything right on the head of everything where it starts to where it ends there is the official ending of the cannibal boom and that is the 1988 uh cannibal holocaust part two or aka the green inferno, green inferno not yeah. that piece of shit eli roth directed <laughs> no offense to, hey listen eli roth he's eli he roth knows his, he knows his yes. shit and he respects he respects the genre absolutely he, does. he knows his shit he knows how to direct the movie and but it, that was just bad man i mean he yeah. He could have went, took that so many different places. But if you want to take a look at that one, that's on YouTube as well. You can find it on YouTube. Right. But that's the ending of the Cannibal Boom. And that is the ending of this particular episode where we're probably going to get canceled for animal cruelty talk. <laughs> you know? We've Maybe saying- we should have just had our dogs in the room the whole time. <laughs> right. You know, and then people would be like, oh, they're animal lovers. They're just, right. they're just complicated people. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much for watching, guys. Thank you, Jeff, for fucking bringing the knowledge as usual. Um, we have a really fucking great one coming up, and it's going to scare your fucking dick off. Um, right. But, yeah, I can't wait. That's that's going to be a little surprise episode. That kind of came out of another episode. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know what? It's going to be our first episode where we actually review just one film. Yeah, I agree. We never really do that. We always just go over a genre of films. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's actually going to be pretty fun. I'm actually excited for that one. But uh, as always, I would think if uh, Lindsay and Diodato were talking to each other, they would say one thing. And what would that be you think they would say to each other? Um, maybe go fuck yourself, but in Italian. Boom! Maybe <laughs> bada boom, bada bing! <laughs> <laughs>